there is that saying that everything has a silver lining. Sometimes you have to look really hard for it. If you'd have asked me when I broke, where's the silver lining in this wreck? Never going to see it. But now, as I look back, I can see it totally. I had to go through that in order to get to here and beyond. And mm. I'd do that again because actually, however horrible it was, I'd do it again to get to here and beyond. If you're a police officer or currently working in law enforcement and you're considering your career, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Andy Labrum. Welcome to the Blue Light Leavers podcast. So just before we head over to our guest today, I just want to remind you that you can join our private Facebook group at www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Blue Light Leavers. So today I'm talking to Rak Nathwani. Rak is a former detective in Special Branch who is currently on a career break. He was a former high performer, but he suffered a breakdown during a difficult period in his life. He then made the decision to move away from policing and retrain. Now, his experiences have led him to going on to train in neurolinguistic programming and LP, and also as a life coach. And he now works with local healthcare trusts, with MIND, and with the Police Firearms Officers Association, the PFOA. During this interview, he talks about his own journey and how his low points are given him the ability to help others more effectively. And he also explains how NLP can help anyone. He also gives hints and tips around mindset and keeping calm. Let's go over to Rack now. So, hi, Rack. Thanks ever so much for joining us today and, and, um, and for being a guest on the Blue Light Leavers podcast. Uh, it's very, very kind of you. Um, so... What we're going to talk about today is obviously the fact that um, uh, you're a police officer on a career break, and we'll talk through uh, your career history, what you've done, where you've been, and uh, how you found yourself in the position that you are now. So are you able to give us just a little bit about your background and, and what you've done previously, where you're from? Yeah, I mean, first of all, uh, great to be here. Thank you for inviting me. And uh, uh, yeah, as you said, I'm a career break, cut off officer on a career break. I've uh, been on a career break for four and a half years now, almost, and um, it's been interesting. Um, so a little bit about my background. I joined the usual uniform, I went into CID, did some of the usual uh, attachments to the robbery squad, burglary squad, car crime, stuff like that. Um, trained as an FLO, and really enjoyed that work. And then... Um, What's an FLO? For our listeners, family, uh, sorry, family liaison officer. Thanks, uh, quite challenging work, but um, I, I really excelled at that and got a couple of three, maybe chief superintendent's commendations for the work that I did. So I really did rather well in that field. Um, quite challenging role though, um, and uh, but very good. I did a bit of stint in um, Intel and then went into special branch. And uh, hey, exciting opportunities, fantastic opportunity. Uh, exciting work and uh, opportunities galore um really enjoyed that did that for four years and um at that point it all was going a bit fun for rack because um i was juggling uh lots of things as everyone does so juggling uh, relationships at home and priorities at work and time pressures quite stressful work um working as a ports officer at the time and um yeah, uh, I had other things on my mind too. So I had neighbours from hell, lots of issues we won't go into. Um, builders from hell, which kind of went all pear-shaped and 
caused lots of problems. And I was a carer for my in-laws, my father and mother-in-law, uh, my parents. So I was juggling an awful lot of plates mm. all at once. And no wonder that after four years of all of that a drip drip effect, um, we've got a performance gap. So we've gone from top performer to get into SB into this performance gap where the usual things apply where, you know, pull your socks up, get your head in the game, all of that stuff. Um, and that rolled forward for um, a little while on a, an action plan and stuff. And um, in December of 2013, I had a full mental breakdown in a review meeting in Special Branch. Wow. And I'm not sure the supervisors expected it. I certainly didn't. I knew everything was difficult. Um, and I just sat there blubbing uncontrollably, shaking violently. And the, the unseen conversation between the supervisors went something along the lines of, we've broken him. Um, but there's life beyond that, right? So um, I uh, worked on my recovery. In fact, I was doing everything. Um, the doctor had given me some meds, which obviously don't resolve anything. They just apparently take the edge off. Um, they didn't work for me. I weaned myself off really quickly after a, a chance conversation with an inspector friend of mine who came back after dealing with his own demons. And he said, and a chance conversation was, those meds, have you took them? I says, yeah, they're not working. He says, you, you have to give them time. I said, really? I says, they're not working. What do you know? And he said, um, I know because I'm on it. And um, I said, all right. How long have you been on it? And he said, 10 years. And I thought, no, I'm not going to be on it for 10 years. Weaned myself off really quickly. And I was doing everything and looking, just evaluating everything. Is this working for me? Is it not? So mindfulness, breathing, meditation, yoga, hypnosis, neuro-linguistic programming, timeline therapy, NLP coaching. I was looking at the whole shooting knot. And so was that, sorry to interrupt, was, was that yeah, yeah. From, a, from a purely self-help self-care from it yes absolutely from yeah. from any perspective that would actually help me to get back on track yeah <clears throat> so I, I did that and in the meantime work was doing its thing I, I eventually built myself back up to a point where i could go back to work and and i did another 15 months in cid at uh, which point i have a full workload time pressures what can't you know, see one pair of hands, can't be everywhere all at once. Lots of things, juggling the, the care needs outside of work have just ex extended and got worse because the failing states of health. And and I've got to a point where, do you know what? I know where this ends. This ends in the dark place and I ain't going back there for anyone. So it's choice time. Do I stay and do the policing or do I do the care because I can't do both? And I chose to ask for a career break and here I am on a career break. Um, and whilst I was studying, funny enough, one of the things that I studied was the neuro-linguistic programming. Indeed, we both went on the course, mm -hmm. the, the diploma level at uh, North Ants. And, uh, and then I went on to study further, did my practitioners, master practitioners, and set up my own business, Future Creation Associates Limited. Um, that um, allowed me to work around the care needs so I could do some flexible working there and um, just pay some bills. Um, in that meantime, though, in the last four years whilst I've been off, I've, I've carried on studying and doing different things. So I, I work for Mind, the mental health charity at Kettering. I also work at uh, the NHFT, so not my little 
badge there. Um, but uh, I work in the in the crisis pathway for Northamptonshire Foundation Healthcare Trust. Sorry, yeah. Um, in different uh, all of the, the crisis pathway pathway areas, just helping people with their mental health, helping them to be much more resilient and focused in the crisis cafes and things like that. So it's really interesting work. It really um, challenging work in okay on occasion, and just realistically focused quite healthily on that mental health uh, resilience balance getting people back on track to where they need to be in terms of studying and obviously the um you did the nlp diploma course so neurolinguistic programming how did you then move on from there and what made you decide that actually this was an area that you wanted to go into so i mean that rolling the clock right back i mean this was started way back before sort of i'd even done the course with yourself so something like 2013 i was looking at things that with nlp and i was kind of on the periphery thinking this is really this is really interesting really intriguing work and look at those results they they look really good so when the opportunity came up to do the course with yourself i, I jumped at the chance and then i thought well this is you know really um, good stuff and I'd like to get better at it I'd like to be able to to to, to use it in a much more effective way um, because we just had a on the diploma just a periphery so I, I studied um, more of that found I did my research across the country there's lots of places that you can go and learn and teach and what have you um, and practice and practice lots um, and have evaluations and all sorts of stuff, but realistically, it's a, it's a long old slog because it's it's just learning a whole new set of skills. If you, if you remember when you first learned to be a police officer, you know, walk in knowing everything. Um, over the the next course of the next two, three, four, five years, you became very adept and learned specific niche stuff that that helped you to do your job brilliantly. And effectively, that's what I've done with the. The mental health resilience work, the mental coaching, um, and it came into its own because actually, as a business, I'm doing the life coaching, the business coaching as well, using the uh, business degree that I did with uh, Doc Martins back in the day. So um, yeah, good um, skills to use from all round, and uh, drawing upon those um, experiences from policing um, because there's an awful lot of mental health covered there too. So what was it that you saw in NLP and the further courses that you've done since then um, that you feel benefit others? And how does that manifest itself? So um, NLP is, um, for people that that don't know what that is, it's it's a study of the scripts that run in your head. So if you think of a computer, it runs programs all day long. Programs, if they end up doing something you don't want to do, you call them viruses. Well, in your head, you're running scripts all day long. And if they end up doing something you don't want to do, you call them fears, phobias, and limiting beliefs. And limiting beliefs are anything that starts with I can't. So you're capable of phenomenal stuff. So if it's humanly possible, then you can do it. You know, and that's that. I mean, you can think of some of the amazing things that humans can do around the world. Um, so it is a case of just getting on that bandwagon and getting things moving. Now, Quite often, the barriers to that are you, because when you get out of your own way, you can get progress and you can get uh, 
So changing that mindset to get into something that you can do. And we'll touch on that in a little bit later because I've got some tips for you, your viewers to, to help them get into the right mindset to get much better results quicker, faster, more effectively. Brilliant. So you created your own company, you moved into life coaching and obviously using NLP skills and the skills that you picked up within policing. Um, you've taken a career break for now. And you mentioned a couple of organizations that you're working with. Obviously, you're working for the Healthcare Trust and you're working with MIND as well. And I'm, I'm a member of the uh, Police Firearms Officers Association. I know um, you do some work for them as well, don't you? I do. Um, I left that out, but here we go. So um, for the last two and a half years, I've been working for the PFOA as well, uh, doing welfare coaching, um, supporting uh, our police officer colleagues and their families across the Midlands, both for the PFOA and for the welfare support program, the collaboration between Police Federation nationally and the PFOA. Um, so whether it's officers carrying guns or whether it's you know, the ones that don't. Um, and Recently, more recently, the, the Taser holding officers too. So um, we said their families too. So, you know, the usual things apply. If, if the officer's going through some sort of investigation, having fired on someone or whatever, yeah, um, it's quite a stressful thing. That doesn't stop that stress going home and affecting the family life or whatever. So sometimes their family members do suffer an awful lot and the, the PFOA will... Um, are there in that service um, as long as, 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 as similar to the welfare support program, delivering that resilience, helping people to get, release the triggers that cause their buttons to be pressed so that they can get back on track um, and be much more resilient, focused and with clarity. So how can the skills that you've got and what you've been doing with PFOA and others, um, what I want to do is, is really try and get people to understand the benefits and, and the difference that it can make. So without going into specifics about, you know, specific cases, mm -hmm. are you able to give us some examples of, of what someone has come to you with and the difference that it's made in their lives when they've had some sort of treatment or, or some NLP or, or some coaching skills, those sort of, do you see what I'm getting at? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, I see a variety of people with a variety of issues and, and some, they, they have mental blocks. So they've tried and tried and tried to do the exams and what have you to for the detectives, for the sergeants, whatever it is, and, and inspectors and just haven't been able to cut the mustard. And quite often what it is, is your conscious mind just messing about with you, overanalyzing everything, throwing in lots of that and complications that messes about with your results and quite categorically. So we'll lead them through a process from start to finish so that they can see the journey that they've been on and allows them to shift that mindset into a much more productive uh, way of thinking that allows them to see more of the options and make the right pragmatic strategic choices to get the best outcomes. So they can be in touch with their core knowledge, their skills, their learning, their experience in a much more effective way to produce much better results effortlessly. What about things like anxiety? Anxiety, <clears throat> yeah, so um, I, I deal with anxiety with um, officers, with people that come into the crisis cafes all, all of the time. They, um, 
There's a lot of, and that's more to do with how many things people are juggling, how they think about whatever it is that's pressing their buttons, but that thing that they're trying to avoid or, or the thing that's making it. So when we, we can just using NLP and hypnosis, we, as a bespoke blend of things, we can use different techniques to release the emotional triggers behind those things that actually press your buttons. So, you know, for example, for some people, they have trauma in the past. So post-traumatic stress disorders and stuff from having been to some awful scenes that, you know, officers visit on a daily basis up and down the country. Um, some of those awful scenes, but moreover, little things can be the last thing that presses the button. So let's give an example. So for example, I saw an officer who had recently been to a child death, uh, a baby in, uh, died. Um, and it wasn't the actual scene that caused the problem because effectively the baby was just sleeping. What had happened was the parents had got drunk and had rolled over onto the baby. The baby had suffocated as a result. And the, the officer was obviously um, there to investigate uh, what had gone on. Now, it wasn't the fact that he saw the baby. The baby was, as I said, looks like a baby that's sleeping. But in his head, he's got young children at home and he's thinking, by God, that could have been me and blah, 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 and anything. So it's more about the gymnastics that go on in someone's head. And if that's the last straw that breaks that camel's back, then it's then into a spiral of unhelpful thinking, which is difficult to shift unless you've got that help or you've got some sort of mental resilience that's or training that, that allows you to do that. So how do you find when people are coming to you with uh, some challenges and issues that they've got, um, if people are suffering from uh, potentially stress and, you know, exactly say they're juggling an awful lot of things, how does that tend to manifest itself and what sort of symptoms are people coming to you with? Well, I've, I've seen lots of, uh, when people, here's the thing, when people, it, when you're juggling on a daily basis, you've got all of these things going on, um, it's it's interesting to see that line of mental health. So you think of entourage as a line, you've got happy-go-lucky at this end and fall off the edge there. And we all live on this line. And sometimes we're having a good day, we're doing feeling buoyant, sometimes we're having a bad day, things are going wrong, and it knocks us down a few. But we keep moving along that line. There are indicators along that line. So at some point, you know, rational thought leaves you and paranoia sets in. It's an indicator because actually it tells you that there isn't that much room left before those last straws break the camel's back. Um, and if you're in that space, then you kind of need to be asking for help because unless it comes out of your mouth, no one knows. They're not mind readers. So recognize that you're struggling and recognize that all of the things that you once did really easily, much more difficult, put your hand up and ask for the help. There is lots of help around, lots of organizations, Mind, Samaritans, lots of the NHS stuff and all, and it's, you know, GPs, whatever you So please um, have those conversations. Speak to people because how many times we see people who haven't spoken to anyone, didn't want to raise those concerns because actually there's a stigma with mental health. And what happens is that before people generally tend to, put their hands up they look around and they say am I going to be judged by family are they going to be just mental about this are they going to consider me weak and then the colleagues the peers oh do you know what if I say anything they'll say I don't want to work with him or her because 
they won't be able to produce the goods or won't be as up to steam or won't be as good as we are or whatever. But moreover, employers, you know, how often do we think, I don't know if I want to um, promote him because he might not be able to handle the stress or what have you. And there's lots of stigma around mental health. There shouldn't be. It should be just the same as physical health. If you broke your leg, you wouldn't think twice about going into A&E to get a cast put on it. Well, what's the difference with mental health? People should be able to put their hand up and ask for that help and get the help that they need. Sorry, I think we went off track slightly. I think we stayed perfectly on track. That was brilliant. <laughs> okay. I'm um, passionate about what I deal with now, you know, you can see. That's great. So we'll go into how people can reach out. We'll talk about, as you said, you're very kind. You're going to offer a few hints and tips in a second. But um, um, so you said if people should reach out, they should um, get in touch with either a GP or someone close uh, or a medical professional, whatever it might be, and and, um, and get that advice and support, which is brilliant. Um, and it's what's great to see as well is obviously the, the dark place that you were in just a few years ago. And how you've actually turned that round for good and how you're able to help other people through that. So, you know, generally you should be very, very proud of what you've done and what you've achieved so far and how you're helping others. So, so you know, big thank you for that. Yeah. Um, I kind of glossed over it. I'm, you know, it, it was incredibly horrible place to be. And, and realistically, when I was given that choice to, of, you know, carrying on juggling and, and breaking again, you know, I've moved away from it. Sometimes you have to go through the in order to appreciate the good stuff that comes afterwards. And in the moment, and, and there is that saying that everything has a silver lining. Sometimes you have to look really hard for it. If you'd have asked me when I broke, where's the silver lining in this rack? Never going to see it. But now, as I look back, I can see it totally. I see it as a jigsaw piece. I had to go through that in order to get to here and beyond. And mm-hmm. I'd do that again, you know, because actually, however horrible it was, and it was horrible, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy however horrible it was, I'd do it again to get to here and beyond because actually I'm in a much better place, much stronger place, much more resilient, much more focused. Um, and I'm able to help so many other people using the skills and experiences that I've gained in that uh, process, which allows me to draw upon all of that stuff. And that's why um, I do so well in the crisis pathway with the NHFG and with MIND and everything else. It's, it's just a whole package of um, understanding and skills and learning and experience that delivers the best outcomes quickly and efficiently. And because you have that emotional intelligence and that empathy, because you've been there yourself, so you're able to understand what people are going through and how you can help them because you know what's helped you as well. Yeah. So I think that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so you very kindly offered to um, give people a few hints and tips as to what they could do short term if people yeah. are struggling a little bit. Are you able to expand on that a little bit? Let's go for it. So um, on on the, the, the Blue Light Leavers Forum, we've, we've seen many, many times people have, have talked about this mindset, um, struggling, you know, struggling with the juggle and the struggle. Um, and that whole thing about not having that. See, policing sometimes has this effect of chip, chip, and um, it erodes the self-confidence, the self-esteem, the uh, motivation for people. So you're not alone. There's lots of people who are juggling and struggling all of the time. Um, help is available. Put your hand up and ask for the help. Equally, if you feel that you've only policed, you know, I've not got any skills outside of policing, blah, 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 you know, and I'm going to struggle outside. If you're thinking that, then actually it's time to draw upon your own experiences because you can express those as relatable skills that um, you have lots of. 
um, that make you desirable as an employee. Um, because let's face it, let's look in, on what police officers do. You deal with crisis situations and you do, deal with that calmly um, and you remain in control of that uh, that issue, whatever it is, whether it's a road traffic collision or whether it's um, an assault or whatever it is. Um, you're an instant responder. You know, there's no, oh, uh, I'll think about that. I'll maybe have a cup of tea first. And you, you're there, you're firing on all cylinders, you're out there and you're getting the results done. Utilising your flexibility. You know, we've all had that, those times on shift where you know, this prison is in the bin and you ain't going home on time and now uh, there's a file to build. And um, they've changed what you thought you were going to do when you walked in. So... But you've got that flexibility to run with it, to ride with it. And actually, that's an invaluable thing out there in the world. Um, creativity. Let's talk about that creativity. Delegation. Some of the things that you've done to get your inquiries completed. Because actually, you've only got one pair of hands. And you know, you've utilized other people to other things to help you to complete all of those things. So you know, use those skills and show that you can use those skills and you've done that effectively in the past. Innovation, think about how many ways you might have adjusted what you've been doing over the years to keep the wheel on, you know, many, many times that uh, we've been pushed. Um, and then just three last things, three last things to get much better uh, results in that mindset. So firstly, um, I see a lot of people um, and they come to me with this, Thing, this um, mountain in front of them. It feels like a mountain in front of them. And these, what I'd say to them is problems are never born that big. They're a combination of things that come together to form that problem. And it is about separating the wheat from the chaff. When you peel back those layers like an onion, is this the problem? No, 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 no. Whatever you're left with, sometimes you think, huh, is that really holding this together? That's not a problem. And the whole thing dribbles like jelly through your hands. If that doesn't happen, then whatever's left, you can use your energy to resolve that issue. It is about being specific, peel back the layers. What is it specifically about this thing that's a problem? And then use your... What happens generally is people put it off because it's a big thing. So they put it off and put it off. Mushrooms over time. So when you peel back those layers, it's much easier to deal with. And sometimes the thing that's holding it together ain't a problem. Second one, if you can use your ultimate flexibility and creativity, the stuff that children have. So tap into your inner child, that inner flexibility, creativity. What do I mean by this? If you do this, then nothing will stand in your way. So if you can tap into that flexibility and creativity, there ain't nothing going to stand in your way. And the last one is my mantra. My mantra, here we go. Breathe deep. Because quite often people forget to breathe. So just take a deep breath into the pit of your stomach because actually you need some of that time to just process sometimes. So breathe deep, dream big. And what I mean by that is, is aim for the stars. Look at your life, have an evaluation, have that moment, take it out and, and just think about where you want to be in five years from now. Because if you ultimately don't know, then how do you measure your progress? Because the tide will take you wherever it takes you and life's just merrily passing you by. So if you know where you're going in five years from now, you can flush it back, four, three, two, one. What can I be doing on a daily, weekly, monthly basis that's going to drive me towards those goals? You're having a bad day, even if you only make one step forward that day, then you can see as you look back over that period where you started and where you've got to already.
and you're making progress. But if you never know where you're going, then you can be going two steps forward, three steps back, one to the side, this, that way. And it's difficult to measure that progress. But equally, the last bit of that is shine bright. So that's just celebrate. Celebrate the fact that you're here. Here's the thing. We only get one life. And unfortunately, we've seen many of our colleagues not here anymore. Um, one of my first sergeants uh, went to sleep and never woke up, and he was, wasn't anywhere near retirement age. He used to talk about what he was going to do when he retires, and here's the thing. It lies for living. Enjoy it. Squeeze every last drop of joy, enjoyment out of it. Think of the things that make you happy and start doing more of those. Happy days. Great advice. And, and, and all I'd say, and, and just, just to wrap that up, as I said before earlier, is if, you know, lots of people are constrained by their thought processes, I can't do that and what have you. If it's humanly possible, then you can do it. It's just about how flexible and creative you can be about getting around to doing that. So, Rack, if people want to get hold of you and contact you, they are in need of some help and support. Um, what's the best way of, of getting in touch with you? Uh, right. Okay. So that's going to be through my website. So you'll find me um, on www.futurecreationassociates.co.uk. Right. Um, just contact us through there. Great stuff. Thank you very much for that. And uh, and just quickly, what does the future hold for you? The future for me, um, well, the world's my oyster, right? And um, I'm looking to do more along um, the work that I've been doing for the past few years, working in mental health, helping people to be much more resilient and focused um, and get their lives back on track, releasing lots of those um, traumas that people incur and, and lots of the things that hold them back um it is very empowering it's very worthwhile it's uh it uh, gives me that i've made a difference feeling every day and i really enjoy that thank you fantastic i wish you the very very best of luck and obviously people can contact you through the um through our facebook group as well which is um available on www.facebook.com slash groups forward slash blue light levers Rack, thanks so much for your time. Great talking to you. Some great advice there as well. And I'm sure people will be in touch. And thanks very much for your time. Fantastic. Thank you for the opportunity, Andy. And uh, keep up the good work. Amazing. Thanks, Rack. So massive thanks to Rack for his time today. And as he said, you can contact him via the group or via his own website. If you like what you've heard, then uh, please subscribe and uh, leave a review. And you can also join us at our private Facebook group, which is www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash blue light levers. Speak to you again soon. Bye bye for now.